Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. Joining me this morning is Rob Hurd from the Older Drivers Forum. Welcome, Rob. Can I start by asking you, can you tell me what the Older Drivers Forum is? Yeah, the Older Drivers Forum is an organisation, it's a non-profit-making organisation made up of experts in road safety, um, health and various different things, all who come together regularly to try and find ways to help and support the mature motorist to carry on driving safely for longer. And can you tell me why it was set up and when? It got set up in 2013. Um, I set it up because at that time I was a serving police officer for Hampshire Police and I was working in our serious collision investigation unit. And unfortunately, I dealt with a terrible collision which involved uh, an 89-year-old driving the wrong way up a dual carriageway. And uh, he'd obviously got a bit confused. He ended up having a collision with a 28-year-old and then unfortunately the 28-year-old lost his life as a result of the collision. Our investigation showed that the, the older gentleman um, was a retired GP and he was blind in one eye below the legal limit in the other and really should never have been on the road. And that made us realise that actually there's a lot of people thinking that they're perfectly fit and healthy to be on the road when sometimes they're not. So I ended up writing a bit of a research document about older drivers and what we, the police, could do at that time about helping and supporting them. And that's where we came up with creating the Older Drivers Forum. And since my retirement, I've now carried on that organisation because we've seen how much it helps and supports people. It's, it's not about taking people off the road. It's about giving them all the support to carry on driving safely for longer, but also gives them hints and tips about when is the right time to retire from driving, because we're all going to have to retire at some point. We rolled it out to several other areas across the country. And from there, we really identified that actually it was so successful that now we've rolled it out as a UK version. And really, we're, we're engaging with people all the way across the UK, um, giving them help and support. And we get around about 10 to 12 emails a day from people asking advice. Um, we've got lots of instructional videos, lots of advice. You even can get the links to renew your license and look at medical conditions. And we're, we're there really as a one-stop shop to give you the advice and signpost you to the right people to help you. And who makes up the forum? Who, who, who else is involved in that with you? Well, we've got people from the police, we've got people from the fire, people from medical backgrounds, we've got experts in stats so that we know that we're doing the right thing with the right people. We've got older people themselves helping us in it. Uh, we've got people from various different organisations, really, just who have an interest in helping and supporting older drivers. But we're not about promoting businesses for people what we're about is actually just trying to give people directions of what is available out there so that they can get their help and support because before really was there was nothing there to help and support people and we really thought that there was something lacking. Can you explain to me a little bit um, about Fit for the Road? Yeah, so Fit for Road really was a week campaign that we ran around in September. Now, we ran it in, in uh, coincidence with Project Edward, and Project Edward stands for Every Day Without a Road Death, and it's a sort of national road safety organisation trying to raise awareness to people about how we can reduce the number of deaths on our roads, because actually, unfortunately, we're having five people a day on average in the UK killed on our roads, which is when you look at them, when you look at murders and various homicides, you're looking at one and a half people a day killed. So, you know, if we were having that amount of murders every day, people would be going, this is terrible, we've got to do something. But for some reason, people are accepting that deaths on the road 
are, are almost acceptable. So it's really down a responsibility to all of us to do something. Now, the, the theme for Project Edwards this year was fit for the road. So um, what we decided to do is run a week of webinars on one campaign, really just looking and helping and supporting older drivers on a plethora of different subjects from, you know, renewing your license, the risks faced by older drivers, what driver appraisals were available, eyesight, we even looked at things like dementia, we looked at um, dash cams, and we actually had a really useful webinar on electric vehicles, because often we're being all pushed to move towards electric vehicles in the future. And it's quite a daunting thing for the best of us to understand it. So we ran a whole webinar on that. And if anybody's actually interested in electric vehicles, I have to say this isn't just about being focused for the older person. It's a very useful webinar about everything there is to do with electric vehicles and the advanced technologies that are now fitted to cars, which many of us haven't got a clue about how they work. And I have to say, I, even though being an ex-traffic officer myself, I learned a lot from just listening to that webinar. So uh, I think there's lots of useful help and some advice for people. Are your webinars, are they all recorded? Yeah, they were all recorded. They're all up on our website. So if people visit our website, olderdriversforum.com, and they basically go to the front page, you'll have a link to webinars, or you'll see there an events page which says webinars. Just click on that and all the webinars are listed on there and you can watch them at your own interest or time. I think with the re recent, um, oh, I, wouldn't, I don't know if you would call it a crisis, but with the fuel availability, I think many, many drivers are thinking, right, I need to uh, start seriously thinking about an electric vehicle. Yeah, I think it is going to be something that affects all of us. I mean, unfortunately, I'm a bit of a petrol head myself, so I like my cars and motorbikes and I like the old combustion engine, but I can really see a benefit of the electric vehicles in the future. Uh, I will miss the, you know, the other stuff as well, because I like that lovely sound of a big old V8 and things like that. So, but, you know, I think, yes, we need to look after our planet. So everything in moderation. I think that's one of the things that, um, particularly when working in central London, there's a lot, well, there were a lot of UPS uh, delivery vans, and I think they're electric and they're silent. Um, and that was something that is actually very dangerous, isn't it? Because if you, what's one of your main senses, and if you don't hear the vehicle coming, um, that is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, and certainly for as we get older, sometimes it's well known that, you know, those sort of faculties, some of our senses, our eyesight, sometimes our hearing depreciates. So therefore, you know, it's really difficult for older person maybe coming up to cross the road as a pedestrian, you know, looking for those gaps, looking for things, maybe not realising that there's a vehicle just about to pull out, because quite often we'll see a car or a van parked next to us and we'll be, be able to hear the engine running. So we expect it to pull out. But unfortunately, you know, an electric vehicle, we can just suddenly start moving. Technology has taken over a lot. We talk about electric vehicles and the adaptive vehicles and the automatic stuff that can help us. But that has all helped. And we've seen a decrease over many years of fatalities. But now they've plateaued. And now the only way that we're going to change it from in the future is by each one of us making that conscious decision to change our behaviour and seek help. And that's really where with me, with the Older Drivers Forum, is identifying two people, the point that don't become complacent about your abilities. Because we can all say that, you know, I mean, I'm a retired police officer. Two years ago, I retired. I used to be a class one motorcyclist, a class one car driver. So the highest qualifications you can get. Now, am I still that now? Well, I'm not, 
because I'm not having that regular refresher like I did in the police every year. So therefore my abilities drop off. And we get a lot of people who say, well, I used to drive 50,000 miles a year. I'm an expert driver. You know, I've, you know, I think what you're doing is great, but it's not for me. And unfortunately, our research shows that they're actually the highest risk because they're the risk takers, because they are driving beyond their abilities. They're very much complacent about their abilities. So what we're saying to people is don't be complacent. All of us have to carry on brushing up our skills as we're going on driving. You know, it's a responsibility. You know, a car is a lethal weapon. You mentioned about faculties as, as in your senses, your eyesight and your hearing. Are they the main causes of difficulty for drivers um, or are there others? I mean, obviously, those are medical issues that can affect people really as we get older. But I think on top of that, we also have the problems to do with um, things like lack of concentration and distraction. You know, a moment's inattention can be the difference between life and death at times. So those are our biggest things is really distractions are our big problem. Lack of concentration, not thinking about the road, not abiding by the speed limits, drink and drug driving, still not wearing seatbelts. All these things are the things that are at causing problems and for older drivers in particular and the biggest risk for older drivers is actually turning right out of side road across traffic so t-junctions or crossroads are the highest risk for older drivers around about 70 percent of all collisions for older drivers occur at those junctions now some of that is because their reactions are a little bit slower they're a bit slower and looking at things so they're looking left and right but by the time they pull out they're a bit more delayed, so therefore more vehicles have suddenly appeared and come towards them. Or maybe they haven't looked as well because of eyesight issues or lack of mobility in their neck. So that's where the biggest problems come. But that doesn't mean people need to stop. It's just needing to be aware. And there's techniques that people can train. And that's where I'd always recommend getting a driving instructor to take you out, brush up on your skills and just give you some pointers about how to carry on being yourself safe because if if people just say i'm fine and carry on then like i said to you they will be a higher risk and they can reduce that risk massively by having a driving appraisal regularly every two or three years to brush up on their skills you are listening to the sunflower conversations with chantal to share your story and find out more information details are in the show notes in practical terms then the advice that you would advise is to um, speak to a um, driving instructor. So to get these um, kind of refresher, are there are they specific courses for older drivers? Or? Well, there, there's, I mean, obviously we're, we're not looking at young drivers where young drivers have a teaching to pass a test at the end of the day. What we're looking at is that there are driver refreshers, driver appraisals. Now, various different organisations run them across the country, councils, local driving organisations run them. Uh, on our website, we have a list of them, and actually there's always one available to someone anywhere in the whole of the country. So if people visited our website and went to the page courses, they could be linked to the various locate where you live and basically it will give you a list of different ones. And there's what we say there's different ones. So there's ones which are just confidence building where they will come to your home address and take you out in your car and carry out a confidential appraisal of your driving. Uh, and really, that's a great way just to brush up on your skills. And then there's ones where someone may have an underlying medical condition that may affect their ability to drive. So those people we'd recommend going along to the national organisation called Driving Mobility, and they carry out an assessment using driving instructors, but also occupational therapists. 
And they're also they're very good at fitting adaptions to people's vehicles, identifying the needs and how they can help that person to carry on driving better. So those are the two organisations that we'd recommend or two types of appraisals or assessments that we'd recommend to people. So the, the second one was called driver's mobility. Driving mobility. It's driving called, mobility. Yes. So there's a link on our website to them as well, or you can just go into your search engine and put driving mobility and they will just put in your postcode where you live and it will come up with the nearest centre to where you are. And you can just phone them and you can voluntarily book an appointment with them, really. And they'll talk you through whether they feel you're necessary for them or they may signpost you to someone else. We have lots of wear and tear problems as we get older, lots of little things start niggling us and causing us problems. And, you know, it's it's a shame, really, when you come to 70 and have to renew your licence. It's a tick box system at the moment. It's a self-certification system. So we're saying is that's a really good opportunity when you come to that age of 70 to renew your licence. Don't just tick those boxes. Think if one of them will ask, are you safe to drive? Well, you know what? Let's go away. Let me get myself a driving appraisal and see if I can. And then I can confidently tick that box to say I'm fit and healthy. And likewise, it says, can you read a number plate at 20 metres? Well, firstly, how far is 20 meters? How many people actually read that? And what does it really test? It just tests this. And as we get older, we start to lose what we call our peripheral vision, which again may be a reason why older drivers struggle at junctions because they're missing that what's happening coming in from the side. So what we'd always recommend is go and have a regular eyesight test because not only is it good for making sure that you can see the hazards ahead, it also can quite often pick up underlying medical conditions at an early stage and allow them to be you know, sorted before they become a serious problem with you. And it's not always eyesight. They can pick up many other conditions as well. I think that's really interesting because um, eyesight is a gradual loss. Your brain adjusts to the gradual loss, doesn't it? So unless you are getting it regularly uh, tested, you know, you may end up in a situation where actually you could see that now you can't but it's just been so gradual i started wearing glasses for exactly that i mean i was out with some a colleague and he said to me oh right we're, we're looking for an address and he says oh where that road says there we'll turn left down you know so-and-so so-and-so road and i went so-and-so so-and-so road and you can read that and i was thinking what so i kind of tried a few more and i thought i think i better go and get my sight checked now i could read 20 meters I could do past the legal limit. But you know what? I couldn't quite see that more. And I wanted perfect vision because so I know that's why I always wear glasses now. You know, I'm getting older, so therefore my sight is is failing a bit anyway. But certainly I wanted that perfect vision, certainly for driving, because I want to be able to see that that child about to step out behind a car. I want to be able to see that, you know, that car that's just hidden behind the bushes and coming out. I want to see those hazards because if we see them early, we can react to them early. Do you think that self-certification at 70 is, is the right approach? I don't think it's the right approach for eyesight. I think at the moment, I think that's wrong. Um, and in fact, uh, it's something I'm trying to work with the government at the moment, and I've written a paper on it, and I'm actually sitting on a task force, national task force, where we're trying to show that we actually feel compulsory eyesight testing is an important thing. And I, I think it's important for older people, but I think it's also important for all ages, because think about it. When was the last time anybody legally has to have their eyesight tested? Well, it's at your driving test. The only time in your whole driving career anybody legally checks your eyesight is when you go to your driving test and they ask you to read a number plate. Other than that, 
There's no other legal requirements. Now that's shocking, isn't it really? When eyes, eyes are so important to seeing and it leads me back to where that older driver who killed the 28 year old, he had an eyesight condition. He was a retired GP, but he thought he was fit and healthy to drive. So it just shows you that there's a real need for us to be forced to go and have a regular eyesight test especially at license renewal. So for me personally, I think you should do one every 10 years when you renew your photo ID on your license. And certainly every at 70 and every year you renew your license after that. Well, good luck with that um, campaign. Um, I hope that um, I hope that that's successful because that will definitely reduce accidents on the road. What do you think about the hidden disability sunflower, Rob? I wasn't aware of it until recently when uh, I met yourselves through Highways England Forum. And actually, when I listened to it, I thought, why haven't I heard about this? This is a fantastic organisation at the end of the day. I mean, it's a great way of many of us suffer from hidden disabilities, whether anxiety or maybe just something that we don't. And none of us really often want to tell people about it. And what a great way of actually showing an identification to someone. So those who need to know, see that visible sign and actually can have respect for people and actually treat them with respect. Now, me as a traffic officer, you know, I know we've got Highways England call them traffic officers. I still call myself as a traffic officer or roads policing officer when I was. That would have been a great thing for me as well, because quite often we would come across people that we would stop or come across them at a collision or an incident. And they may be something going on um, which we don't know about. And we're thinking, come on, want you to do this, want you to do that. And actually seeing that sign will make you think, aha. I need to have a quick chat with that person. I will need to say to them, you know, is there anything I can see the little sunflower sign on your vehicle? Is there anything that you I can help, especially to help with you? Because it's all about respect and care for people, really, at the end of the day. And I think that's where I think this is a really brilliant campaign. And I really hope as many people take up using the sunflower as possible. You are listening to the Sunflower Conversations with Chantal. To share your story, details are in the show notes. So um, Rob's talking about on the road with the national highways and the sunflower, uh, which is a new initiative, um, a joint initiative between national highways, formerly Highways England, um, to uh, supply a free sunflower for um, drivers to put on the rear of their vehicle. So that if they're involved in a, a, an incident of any type on a motorway or major A road that uh, when the traffic officers arrive on the scene, they're already armed with the fact that somebody inside has a disability. I mean, I had uh, an occasion myself once where I attended a crash and I was trying to get people to move and various cars to get around because it's often when you first turn up chaos in these situations and you're going up to people and you're sometimes being, you know, quite abrupt because you're wanting to make the scene safe and move people around. And actually there was this one person just looking at me and I was just thinking, you know, you know, come on, move, move, you know, why are you doing this? What's going on? I was starting to get concerned about them thinking, you know, what's, yeah, this is strange. They're just deliberately ignoring me. And then I realized they were deaf. They couldn't understand a word I was saying. And I was too busy kind of going like this and talking to me in the radio and this and the other. They couldn't see me and they were trying to lip read me. And I was just coming up confused. And the person kind of went something like this. And, like, and then I suddenly went ding light bulb in my head went and I thought you're deaf so I just went and I said can you lip read and they went yes and I just slowly not slowly you know it's wrong to say you don't slow down your speech you speak normally but I made it clear and I looked at them and I think that made such a difference now I felt embarrassed after that I then I went away and I felt 
you know we can't take people just the way we look at people because we all have all of us have issues underlying issues that affect us you know and maybe things and therefore i think if we can just raise that little awareness to people at an early stage so that you know when i turn up and see that little sunflower on the back of your vehicle it is going to make that light bulb for me go click so if you have got something i really would urge people to get the sticker or and stick it on the back of your vehicle because i think it would help you so how often should drivers revise the highway code and how do you even go about that i've got to be honest the last time i looked at it was when i was 17 which is when i passed my test well interestingly and this is the thing i always say to many people because many people say i haven't looked at the highway code for years and i said well you know have you renewed your license in the last 10 years oh yes of course i do because it's all photo now and i said so when you sign your driving license you know, uh, did you sign your driving license? And they said, oh, yes, signed my driving license. And I said, OK, so you've made a false declaration then. And they went, what? Oh and I said, when you sign your driving <clears throat> license, what you're actually signing is that you've read the highway code and you fully understand it. And they went, oh, because quite often, you know, when I was a police officer, we'd catch people speeding, we'd catch people doing things. And they went, I didn't know that. Well, it's in the highway code. So it is a really important thing. You know, like I said to you, a car is a lethal weapon. We need to have all our tools together to understand how to be safe on the road. So actually, you know what? Pick up the highway code, have a read of it. Now it's about to come out. It's just being revised and it's coming out, I think, in October, November time uh, with a revised version. Very much, again, looking at cyclists and looking at motorcyclists and pedestrians and horse riders. And so it's very much about that. So those are important factors that we need to be aware of and also looking at smart motorways, because obviously those are new motorways that are out and about. You know, we're working with national highways and therefore it's important people understand what smart motorways and red crosses mean. Now, that's all explained in the highway code. Gov.uk is a good start that has a lot of links to the highway code on there and all the different subjects that people can go from there. So, yeah, well, certainly worthwhile looking at the highway code for people. And, and finally, how do people find out more about the Older Drivers Forum? How do they join your webinars? So the, the most important thing is to have a look at our website, really, at the end of the day. So it's Older Drivers Forum. So you can .com. So you can either put in that www.olderdriversforum.com or you can basically um, put in your search engine Older Drivers or Older Drivers Forum and you'll come up with us on the web page and then just visit. And what I'd really suggest to people is explore the website a bit. OK, so we've got a page called advice. And if you drop down from that, there's lots of stuff on there from renewing your driving license to eyesight, medical conditions, because, you know, there are 183 notifiable medical conditions to the DVLA. And when you come to renew your license, you're only asked about four or five of them. But there's another sort of 179 of them that actually I perhaps should have told the DVLA about, but people haven't. You know, it's around about 60% are, um, are unnotified or conditions are unnotified to the DVLA. So it's important. It doesn't always mean telling the DVLA you lose your license. In fact, very few would do that. It just the DVLA need to be aware. And if actually you were involved in a collision and didn't have that, you could get into problems. So there's different things on that. We've got a lot of useful videos about driving at night, dealing with roundabouts, turning rubber track junctions, lots of different things. We've got lots of recordings from previous webinars on interesting subjects like I've already mentioned, um, but there's just a whole plethora of stuff on there for people. So what we'd say is explore the website, have a look on there. You can find courses in your area. And if you want to know when new webinars come up, 
there's a follow button on our website. Just click on there, put in your email details. As soon as we post, we'll always be posting updates about things. We're not going to be sending people lots of emails. So you'll only get an email when a post is put on the website, which would be about something new happening. So you're not going to get bombarded. And we certainly, certainly, I promise you, do not sell your details to anybody because we're not about that. It's about, I hate getting bombarded by spam. So you won't get any of that. I promise you that. And are you on social media as well? Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. So okay. we have older drivers forum on Facebook as well. And we're looking at moving into Twitter as well. Rob, thank you so much. Like this has been a really, really interesting chat. I found it so, yeah, it's been incredibly informative as all the chats that I have with people are. Um, and it's definitely the fa most favourite part aspect of my job. I really enjoy it. And I don't know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm keen to finish this call and download the app to my phone. Grand. Grand. Well, thank you for your time and very much appreciate it. And, and I do think what you're doing with the Hidden um, uh, Sunflower organisation, Hidden Disability Sunflower, is just wonderful. I really do. I think it's and that's why we were keen to have you on our webinars as well, because I think it's a it's a real good source for people and all of us. You know, a lot of us have a hidden disability that, you know, we want people to know about, but we want the right people to know about it at the right time. If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com. Find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience and show kindness to others and join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the Hidden Disability Sunflower. <laughs>